Hello everyone, this is Devin Thorpe, a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing and I'm excited to have an extraordinary social entrepreneur on the show today. Uh, with us today is Nancy Hughes who is the founder of Stove Team International, a remarkable organization that is not only building stoves but building businesses in the developing world especially in Guatemala and Latin America. So Nancy, thank you very much for being thank with you, us. Thank you, Devin. It's nice to, nice to be here with you. Uh, we're all excited to hear your story. Uh, okay. Tell us a little bit about how this got started. Could you please? Sure. Um, about 2002, my husband died of breast cancer and I had to reinvent my life. And so I went to Guatemala on a medical mission. And while I was there, I uh, had a chance to look around and see what was going on. And I was really overwhelmed with all the problems, medical problems, in Guatemala. And so I did that for 10 days, came back very inspired about doing something, and did that for a number of years. And one day while I was there, a young woman came into the kitchen where I was working because I was cooking. I did the only thing I knew how to do um, as a mother of, you know, three rascally children. Anyway, so um, I, I did that for a number of years and one day this young woman came into the kitchen and she was Quechicel, one of the indigenous groups in Guatemala. She did not speak Spanish, spoke uh, her own indigenous language and she wanted to thank the team because she had fallen in an open cooking fire at the age of two and her hands had been burned shut. For 16 years she prayed for a miracle. She prayed for somebody to help open her hands and our team had opened her hands. Wow. I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified and then I realized that every year when we left we had a thousand people still waiting in lines for hernia operations. Hernia operations from carrying 50 to 100 pounds of wood a day on their backs to fuel open cooking fires and that's when I decided we need to do something to prevent this. We couldn't possibly treat all those people. Yeah, there's so much more impact potential from prevention than curing, isn't there? I wanted to put all the doctors out of business. <laughs> Thank heavens. What a what a great goal. So you how do you get from that ambition to stoves. Tell us about the process. What happened next? So I started researching how to do that and I discovered something. I still remember the first time I got this newsletter from the organization I was working with and they were talking about stoves and I thought what do stoves have to do with medicine? And then I realized there was such a thing as a fuel efficient stove and this was before you know now, Devin, that stoves are sexy, but those days stoves were not sexy. <laughs> and so um, I found out there was such a thing as a fuel efficient stove. And so I knew there were people who wanted to help, like me, who wanted to come with a medical team, but they didn't know what to do. And not all of them wanted to cook. And so I created the stove team to come with the medical team down to Guatemala to install big, heavy, um, you know, efficient, uh, fuel-efficient stoves to prevent the burns that I'd seen 
But at that point, I didn't understand that the problem was more about lower respiratory infection than it was about anything else. And so, you know, it's the leading cause of death of children under five in the world. It kills more people than AIDS, more people than malaria. It's a huge problem, and I didn't even know about it. So anyway, that's, that's how it all started. Now, these stoves, I, I think most of us envision that as long as you're putting wood in a stove, it's no different than putting wood on the ground and burning it. But that's not true. Why is it different? What is different? Well, we created, well, first of all, we were installing a stove that was very heavy, had to be hauled up the mountainsides of Guatemala, and I didn't like that model. So I met uh, a, a local guy who was a stove designer. I mean, who knew there were people who did that? But anyway, there was. So I met Larry Winiarski, and um, I said, I don't like these stoves because we were installing a couple hundred a year, and the need was for six million stoves, and I thought we weren't doing enough. And so I said to Larry, we need a portable stove. We need a stove that, that can be uh, made out of all local materials, made, uh, made there. I don't want to ship in stoves from China. I want a stove that's totally appropriate for cooking tortillas, beans, and rice. And so that's what we did. We helped create the stove, but then just providing stoves didn't seem like enough. And so what we decided to do was we used rotary. We used the ability of Rotary to connect with people throughout the world and uh, raise money so we could place orders for stoves with local entrepreneurs, thus enabling them to set up factories to produce a number of stoves. So that was how the model evolved. But tell us about, there's, there's some magic in the stove itself, right? Because even though you're burning wood, it's not the same as burning wood in an open fire in a house, right? Absolutely. And, you know, some of the first stoves that were developed used actually more wood than the open fire. Uh, that was after doing a little testing in the field, which we do a lot of field testing. But the stove that we developed has been tested both in the laboratory and in the field. And it uses 50% less wood, and that's tested in the field after a year of use. Uh, they reduce uh, particulate matter by 86% and carbon emissions by 68%. So there's a huge difference in, in stoves, and this particular one that we helped develop does a lot. It's amazing. Uh, so with that much reduction, you, you wouldn't even be able to see the smoke. Is that right? You know what? There's smoke when you start the fire. You know, you start the fire in Latin America with ocote, which is a pitch pine, which we call fire starters here in the U.S. But uh, so there's there's smoke at that time. Or if you start it with newspaper or something like that, or or with your basic plastic child's car, which I've seen. Um, but then there's no smoke uh, because it is complete combustion. We lift up the wood and. Um, with something called a portaleña, which means bring, hold up the wood, and um, and the cold air comes in underneath, the wood goes in on the top, the combustion takes place at the back, and the heat comes out of this little tiny stove that weighs about 50 to 60 pounds, 
and costs about fifty to sixty dollars the heat comes out at a thousand degrees and it will cook a liter of water or boil a liter of water in under eight minutes which is about the same as a microwave wow now the it's a, an incredible uh, product let's but one of the great things that you've done is to push dis push the production into the local communities you're hoping to help and serve. So you've now launched seven factories, is that right? Seven factories in four countries in six years, and it's basically done with the help of Rotary Grants uh, with our single administrator here and, and a bunch of really dedicated volunteers. A lot of them are Rotarians. And, and so where are the factories and how are they working? The factories, some are doing better than others. Where there are factories in Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. Uh, where am I forgetting? Uh, well, that's four countries, right? Okay. So that's where they are. Um, we have over uh, the period of, and some factories are just in their initial stages, and others have been going since the beginning. So. In that time, um, we've affected 334,000 people with the distribution of 44,600 stoves, and we've not had to do it. Wow. So almost 45,000 stoves. That's uh, really a remarkable scale, but there's a little left to do if, if oh, they, yeah. we need 6 million in Guatemala alone, right? You bet. You bet. It's needed throughout the world, and, and our... One of the initial things I learned was that one size doesn't fit all. It's just back to that old one size fits all thing, which we all know doesn't work. Um, is that a stove needs to be developed for what people cook in the area where they cook and give employment in that area because that's the reason people are poor. They don't have jobs. Yeah, so. What do you see that's working well in some factories that isn't working as well in others? Are there insights that you can draw from the experience you're seeing right there on the ground? Absolutely. Um, the stove is acceptable. That's not the problem. Um, there are some areas where they would, where some people would like a larger stove. Some people can afford more than the minimal price that we charge. Um, the optimum thing would be to reduce the price of the stove to $20, and we're making efforts in that vein. We're working with carbon credits with a company called Microsol, which is based in France. We are uh, working on Kiva loans to make, set up distribution centers in other areas of the country. Um, some of the problems that we've seen are that people do in Latin America know how to make stoves. Once we give them the tools and the training, the construction of stoves is not difficult, at least of the type of stoves that we're providing. But sales are difficult sometimes because they don't, we're taking a lot of times indigenous people, helping them set up a factory, giving them business training, but what we've learned in, you know, some successes and some failures is they need more help in sales methodology and don't we all, uh, <laughs> don't yeah, we all. <laughs> and the one that seems to be working the best is just uh, one in Guatemala I mean others have had uh, terrific success over time but the one in Guatemala the man who's in charge of the factory Marco Tulio Guerra in the factory called Ecomal has um, has engaged both the individuals because we don't believe in giving away anything so they pay a third of the price 
the the local municipal government pays one third of the price, which educates the municipal government about you know the environmental ben benefits and the health benefits of protecting people, and then they get a nonprofit, uh, you know, a children international, a Rotary, or whatever, to pay a third of the price. That seems to lower the price down to basically the cost of a cell phone in Latin America, which is what people can afford. And that seems to be the key to to scale, right? The, the, Absolutely. You've got to find a way to get this to millions of people. Ultimately, are there are there billions of people cooking over open stoves, open open fires around the world? Is it that big of a problem? I think I think it is. I don't know the exact numbers. I mean, I think they're on the WHO website, but I think there are three billion people in the world cooking over open fires and you know it's killing people every day and so what we'd like to do is to prevent that and so there's lots of opportunities for growth um, we have focused on Latin America because our model includes bringing a successful factory owner to a new potential factory having that person explain how to do the how to do the work how to build the stove, how to sell stoves, you know, how to set up a factory, do a little business training. So since those people all speak Spanish, that's easier for us to go around Latin America. We've been asked to go to places like Ghana and Kenya, you know, and places places in West Africa. I don't speak Wolof and I don't think any of our Latin American factories owners owners do. So that's a little more of a challenge for us. But you know, with the right impetus we could do that. Well, it's a, it is a, a wonderful work that you're doing, and I congratulate you for the success you're having. What do you see as being the key for your organization to really scaling this? You, you've done enough. I mean, the, the scale you've accomplished is remarkable, but relative to the problem, the world needs much more scale. What do you think the, the path is for you to get that scale where you're measuring uh, stove production in the millions instead of the tens of thousands? I think funding is always a key with any nonprofit organization that starts or any organization so obviously we're looking for more funding for more staff for more outreach that type of thing but it's easy to say we need more stoves out in the world which has been you know one of the directions that the people working on stoves such as the Global Alliance for Clean Cook Stoves are, are pushing but just getting a stove out there doesn't mean that it's accepted and accepted over time. There have been programs in India where I believe Harvard University put in a number of stoves and donated them, gave them away for free. After a period of time, they were abandoned. If you don't have ongoing testing, ongoing monitoring, you know, you're not going to really solve the problem. We've seen plenty of homes where there have been stoves in there and they've been abandoned. And to talk about what's, you know, what what someone would think would be reasonable but really wasn't was in Mexico in one of the factories we thought, oh my goodness, this stove is perfect. It cooks a certain number of tortillas. And then we went to Oaxaca and discovered that the tortillas that they make there are, you know, <laughs> bigger than you could possibly imagine. So the stove might have to be adapted and those are in the same country. So yeah. that's, you know, you need to be able to create a stove that cooks what people want to eat. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. 
<laughs> a great takeaway lesson for us. So if people are interested in learning more, supporting your effort, uh, how do they engage with you? What are the best ways to connect or learn more? Well, we have a wonderful website, stoveteam.org, and I believe it's on the bottom of the screen there. So connecting with us that way, sending an email to me at, uh, my name is info, info at stoveteam.org. That works. Great. Nancy, thank you very much for joining us today. It's thank been just a joy to have you. Well, it's fun. Thank you very much. All righty. Let's do some good. Okay. This is Devin Thorpe. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast, which was recorded during a live broadcast of this interview via Google Hangouts on Air. A video recording of the interview is available at youtube.com slash devinthorpe. You can learn more about the work of the Your Mark on the World Center at yourmarkontheworld.com.